We apologize to our listeners, but it appears that one of our hosts who should be here is not here because he's too busy fucking shit. Hello. Hello. What the fuck is wrong with you, dude? That's wrong we're here. Hello. Hello. Michael! <laughs> I don't think he's got very good connection. He can't even talk on the phone. Or wow. he took offense to my tone. It's it's possibly one or the other. <laughs> it does happen sometimes. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit column A, a little bit column B. He's a little bit sensitive. Either the call dropped or he hung up on me because I asked him what the fuck was wrong. I would believe either. Ass. So do we try, do we go on without him and then oh, yeah, try to add him in that. later? Or? Should, we just, give him, should we give him till quarter past? I just sent him a text message and it popped up the name of the contact at the top of my phone as the man child. I'd forgotten I'd done that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> should, should, should we give him till quarter past and then... Uh... If he's not able to connect by then, we'll start, and then if he wants to join in halfway through, he can do. Oh, I've just got a Skype message from him saying, invite me. What do you think I've been trying to do, Michael? <laughs> we'll invite you again for the 60th fucking time. <gasps> Wait, oh my Mike? God. Michael? Uh, that looks like it might have worked. Hello? 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 Are you in a sink? I'm in a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, you actually seriously get reception in your bathroom. Yep. Or he's doing World One States one whilst on the toilet. No, just in the bathroom. Hello and welcome to World One State I'm Simon, and joining me tonight is Jack. Hello! Irish! And live from a hotel toilet, Mike! I'm not in a hotel toilet anymore! <laughs> but you are here! You're here on the show! I'm here on the show, it's weird. I'm not in another country, I'm not working, I'm just in a different city, but I can make it. Yes. So the one time you can join us properly is the time you're not at home. I know, it's really weird, that. It is. Yeah, Simon, you've got a kind of echo going on. No, that's Mike, because he's still near a toilet. No, no, it's you. It's, you. it's, it's not me. Yeah, I can hear myself as well. It might be me, because of the way I'm doing this is via my phone rather than a computer and proper stuff. Are you uh, on a headset now, or are you still on speaker? Still on speaker, I'm... Yeah, yeah. that will be why we can hear what your speaker is playing. I'm sorting it. I'm sorting it. Hold on. God. Would you expect me to be professional or something? God. No, but I don't know. Here on time and not lurking in a toilet, maybe. <laughs> oh, you always find me lurking <laughs> in a toilet. Is that better? Oh, <laughs> That's much yeah. better. Okay, cool. <laughs> Excellent. So how is everybody? Well, I'm lurking in a toilet, so I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm I'm feeling fantastic. I'm I'm full of tea and toast. Josh showed me a nice pub. I mean, I enjoyed it. Ah, which one did he take you to? Um, I can't remember the name of it. That's on the corner of Euston Station. It's really nice. Oh, the the old old man pub. Yeah, the one on the street with all the curry. Yeah, yes. You can't go to an old man pub. You're twelve. <laughs> 
Well, technically, I shouldn't be going to any pub, Jack, but hey-ho, we'll ignore that. We're British. Oh, you can go in for a meal. It's fine. <laughs> Says you, Fritz. <laughs> so, yeah, there was no show last week. That was my fault. I was in Cheltenham. Yeah, the one week I wasn't. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I managed to catch up with almost everybody. Yeah, so should we have that now, Simon? How are you? How's everything going? <laughs> Everything's going great. Sorry, ah. I couldn't see you when I was back. Yeah, I was in fucking Prague. But do you know what? I went to the cinema over the weekend. <gasps> oh, oh, my God! <laughs> For seven hours. For seven hours? Wait, what did yeah. you see? I saw Batman, The Mask of the Phantasm, followed by Batman Under the Red Hood, followed by Batman Year One, followed by Batman Dark Knight Returns Part One, followed by Batman Dark Knight Returns Part Two. It was, was an overnight Prince Charles cinema animated Batman movie same, marathon. The same nice. Prince Charles. Sounds like something. Yeah, of course it awesome. was. Prince Charles is a brilliant cinema in London, for those who don't know, that do really cool theme nights and marathons. And Lots of fucking sing-alongs. Yes, they're famous for them. And quote-alongs are their new thing as well. And they invite Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> they do, because they show the room regularly. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, take that for what it's worth, I guess. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I, I kind of went Speak. into it without really... Similar. I've been to cinema late too. Yeah? Yeah, yesterday I went to see Riddick. Ah! Ah, Riddick! I saw Riddick two days ago. What did you think? I think it, I think Pitch Black was really, really good. Again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it pretty much is the same film, isn't it? I thought that from the trailer. It's like, I, I, I missed all of the... And it's... then suddenly there was this trailer... And it was like Riddick, and I was like, "Don't you mean Pitch Black?" I, I like. Uh, I still liked it. It's a little unfair. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on there. It's got some really, really impressive things. It 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 plays like a really, really good Riddick movie. But the, the, there's like two separate films. Yeah. One of which is very similar to Chronicles of Riddick, and it deals with all the sort of sci-fi, um, the Necromongers, and all that sort of stuff. That's how it starts. Yeah. Yeah, and then the second half of the film is Pitch, Pitch Black. Black again. That's basically what I've heard is that it does the best bits of Chronicles and sort yeah. of ties that story up a little bit and it does the best bits of Pitch Black. Yeah, it's it's basically kind of like a Vin Diesel mega mix. I'm I will okay say this. that there is like a maybe 20 minute bit right in the middle branching between the two films yeah. where uh, just after Vin Diesel does this whole like survival guy thing of like fighting giant scorpions and when the, the, the horde of giant said giant scorpions attack the base and it becomes pitch black there's this bit in the middle where it's just vin diesel picking off mercenaries one by one and dragging them off into the night oh my god i want to see that and that bit is fucking amazing you realize that vin diesel is the thing in the dark he is the monster he is killing people he's like dragging them off there's just this point he is richard b riddick he, he steals giant bear traps and sets them up all around the base. Oh god, that bit was... And, you know, and wow. you just watch it and it's like, this guy is monstrous. He's gutting people. But yeah. he's the protagonist. Yeah, and so what I want to know is when they decided to go from being a film into a documentary. <laughs> you see, you know, he's gutting people when he's doing this. And then he's got a dog. Yeah, see, the thing with the dog is, this is, this is my thing that I highlight with him, is that Riddick is basically chaotic evil. He has a dog, so he has something to, like, uh, inject scorpion venom into to see how much he needs to inject into himself to make him himself immune over a period of time. He has a yeah. test subject. <laughs> and then the test subject survives. He's like, oh, you're a tough bastard. You can come with me. Yeah, all I needed to know about this film was Vin Diesel, Katie Sackhoff, Dave Bautista. Yeah. I was yes. 
Batista get, does a really good job. Yeah, he does. You get to see Sackle's boobs. I'm double sold now. <laughs> <laughs> that bit where he goes about her nipples is fucking funny. Well, anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Silence. It's Katie Sackhoff's nipples as we all just went somewhere else in our heads. Sure, it's a different film, I think. <laughs> but, um, you know, I like, I like the Chronicles universe anyway. So, and so, you know, so does Vin Diesel because he pays for it himself anyway. And it's, yeah, I, I would suggest going and seeing it. Yeah. It's not, it's not a great film, but, you know. I saw it with Jamie and Alex. Yeah. And, Alex hasn't seen any of the um, Riddick movies at all. But no Pitch Black, no Chronicles. No, but the fact, just what I've always liked about them is that each film could be an independent film by itself anyway. Yeah. Mm. You know, they've all got the little bits that tie the movies together, but they they could be completely three separate entities. It's also really weird to see that... Start the same guy. It's also really weird to see that Carl Urban is in it, and he's in it for a grand total of, I think, 12, 13 seconds. <laughs> yeah, that, that's just it. It's not. It's not even like a cameo thing. It's just he's there being the evil like vizier guy right in the sort of prologue bit, and then he's gone. Anything that would have been like a throwaway role for any other actor, and it's it's Carl <laughs> Urban. Like, yeah, what? The, ne- the Necromunga bit is all of what it's ten minutes of the movie. I bet that's Carl Urban going. I really want to be in this movie, but I'm quite busy. <laughs> is there somewhere you could just fit me in for like a day's filming? Yeah. But just, yeah, certain, like, sci-fi horror movie shots of things like Vin Diesel dragging a guy off into the darkness. That, that bit was brilliant when he just turned, the guy just turns around, see the gun on the floor, and you see Riddick just walking, with yeah, you look, the guy it's, in the it's, dark. Like, it's like that whole thing from, like, say, Predator or whatever. You just see two legs being dragged off in the darkness, and just, like, the vague outline of Vin Diesel's back in the darkness, and it's like, in any other well, that film, that would be the, the uh, monster rooting for the, the guy's hold up in the building. And I kind of want to see a whole film done where it's, the protagonist is the monster trying to get the survivors. And it looked like it was going that way, and it didn't. And ooh, a little bit... <laughs> but little that, bit what about, about the, um, the bit where it's inside the ba- inside the, the hut, and he just gets the black guy there, and he's like, are they scared of me? And he's like, yeah. Was that, are you scared of me? Yeah. Are they scared of me? Yeah. He's just like, huh. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Lee, and Lee doesn't kill him. Leaves him alive. And when one of these teammates comes along and goes, what's the matter? He was here. He let, he let me live. And just looks up to the window where he came from the roof sort of thing. Just like, Rennick was here. Yeah, if we carry on too much about this, we are literally going to quote the whole Yes, I, I do want to go and see this film. Laughing and <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it's well worth going and seeing. Uh, yeah. But it's nice to, to bring like, up Vin Diesel, actually, on this episode. Because, of course, what are we talking about tonight? You, I don't know. Nobody's told me. <laughs> Well, maybe if you took part in a fucking episode every now and again. Sorry, sorry, that came out a bit more aggressive than it needed to be. We're talking about what we would make if we had the money and the time and the resources to make our own games. And, of course, that's something that Vin does. Rome 2. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. Games that are out this week. This, you know, this month, even. Mm. There's nothing coming out. Nothing worth noting. Nothing. Really? Yeah, no, nothing at all. Nothing. No, No releases. Because because Rome two came out on the third, no, it didn't. You're lying. And and Amnesia yeah. a machine for uh, Amnesia a machine for pigs came out today. It comes out the week I'm in another fucking country. I was so annoyed. I completely forgotten about that when I booked my holiday. Yeah, I still think I've played like s- several hours, so I'm not sure. We we I was also present to find like the weirdest little thing in Rome two. 
<laughs> the most destructive like, unit we've ever seen. Yeah, like Rome should have used them as siege units. Basically, when you have uh, units of soldiers attacking an area and there's like little tiny stone walls in the way, the little tiny stone wall comes crashing down as the troops just smash into it. Right. However, I think that that sort of mechanic applies to any living thing that comes into contact with said wall. Right. So I saw Mike's army approaching a Roman town about to, you know, overthrow its rulers yeah. and startle a few deer that were right. grazing nearby. And the deer ran from his army towards the town, barreling <laughs> straight through the stone wall, <laughs> crushing it under their mighty hooves, smashed through several, like, stalls and stuff like that in the marketplace, and then ran back out the other side through another wall. That right. funny. <laughs> there are one or two glitches from what I've heard. Oh. It, it's, the, but they're only minor. <laughs> no, it's, no. Yeah, that sounds minor. This is like the Far Cry Three thing, where you, like, you, you know, you you scope, scope out a base, get ready to, to to take them all out, and then a tiger comes along and does it all for you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you need to weaponize deers. As far as I'm concerned, it doesn't need to be fixed because it had no impact on my tactical planning <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> I still shelled the place to the ground. With siege, siege weaponry. Yep. So <laughs> things like that can stay in because it gave Jack a giggle. That's fine. Yeah. There's and also a small game coming out this month called Grand Theft Auto Five. But oh, yeah. about that. No, moving no. on. No, I don't know anything about that. No, actually, cares. Going back a little bit, I did want to just say something I learned watching animated Batman films in succession because I'd seen the first three before and Dark Knight Rises. I'd read, but the film was <laughs> to me. Yeah. But I'd never seen them all so compressed, you know, literally being able to compare Batmans and Jokers one after the other. Huh. And I enjoyed them all, but something really occurred to me, which is we're all fairly familiar with the Batman animated series here, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Just a little. Are we all familiar with The Dark Knight Returns? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Cool. Because you know that the animated series, the, the, the Bruce Timm universe in general, has this real sort of retro future timeless quality to it it's like sort of 1930s but not quite it's like the 1930s if they were in the 21st century yeah and that really worked for batman because it's noir but there's sci-fi concepts in there and being timeless means it never feels like it's aged because it's not set in any particular time yeah and mask of the phantasm is just a feature-length episode of batman the animated series yeah so it feels timeless under the Red Hood uh, is pretty much that same retro-future noir sci-fi universe. There's nothing in there that really dates it. Uh, then it's a little bit cleaner from what I remember from Red Hood. It, it, cause it, I think that's just because it's a lot more computer-done rather than the big sort of yes. hand-painted backdrops and stuff. It's, it's slightly more modern animation. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got uh, Year One, which in animation feels very like... It always reminds me of a production IG animation, actually. Hmm. It's got very similar kind of line and movement to an anime, but it's still that timeless sense. And then I hit Dark Knight Returns, and they've done something interesting with the adaptation of Dark Knight Returns in that they haven't really changed it at all. So you've got your street signs for VHS and beta rental shops, and your you know wraparound sunglass wearing punks breakdancing to synth rock outside and reagan in the white house and that one dates rather badly yeah (laughs) 
It's it's really jarring. It was uh, I forget it was Dark Knight Returns Miller. Yes. So are we saying that Mark Miller was slightly out of touch? A little bit. Yeah. Who would have thought it? Maybe. And it's really funny to me that he manages to make some really good choices in that book. There's yeah. a reason it's a classic. I love Carrie Kelly as Robin. Oh, I yeah. I love what he does with Harvey Dent in that story. And he gets the Joker. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And then he turns all of Batman into a vehicle for his libertarian ranting. <laughs> <laughs> And it really comes across when you're watching the movie, and it's, I don't know why, but when it's animated, the scene where Superman first confronts Bruce, yeah, and he's uh, he poses, he puts his boot up on the rock in the classic sort of catalogue pose, shirt half undone, puts his arm out, and a bald eagle comes and lands on it. <laughs> the cinema laughed openly at the stupidness of this. And of course, these are all panels in the book, and I was sitting there going, I remember that being in the book. It didn't seem as stupid when he wasn't, you know, coaxing the eagle in and then launching it off to fly around his head as he delivered his speech about America. <laughs> well, how else did he get there, I suppose? <laughs> yeah. It was so dumb. Uh, but I have to say, credit to the guy who played the Joker in that one. He plays it as a, a much quieter character. Uh, the idea with that Joker is that he's he's almost pre- he's sort of pretending that he's been rehabilitated to begin with, isn't he? Yes. Well, he's catatonic at first. Oh, the first yeah, yeah. half of the story, he's absolutely catatonic. And this, then there's the scene staring out the cell. Yeah. And then there's the whole scene where he's pretending he's well. <laughs> but it, it, rather than turning manic, he keeps that as a sort of quiet intensity throughout, and it's a really interesting take on him. Oh, I'd have to give that a go. Hmm. But yeah, I, I thought it was a very good adaptation of an extremely Frank Miller book. Yeah. But it is worth watching. I'm not sure it was worth two films, but then again, I'm not sure how I'd have compressed the story either. Yeah, there's quite a lot in there. Um, well, going back to the, the, the games thing, like what's come out this month, it's, it's come up in the in the uh, the chat box there. It's uh, Outlast, and I don't know if anyone else has picked up on this game that came out. I think about, I've seen it about, but not actually. Yeah, just under a week ago, I think it came out. I don't think I know anything about this. It's really, really good survival horror game. Yeah. Uh, That's why I don't know anything about it. (laughs) Yeah. It's very much like, I think, if I say a modern day amnesia, Mm -hmm. it's not quite the same, um, but it's sort of the same mechanic of you, you can, if if you find a monster, if you find a guy who wants to kill you, you have basically three options. You can run away, you can hide, or you can be horribly murdered. There is no stand and, you know, stand your ground and fight. You, you've either got to try and run away and then find a hiding place or hope that you can find a hiding place before he notices you. Because if you don't, he's just going to bludgeon your brain in. Okay. Um, and it's a really, really tense game for that, knowing that there is absolutely no way you can rely on your ability to fight. You're a, um, you're a journalist, uh, locked in an, in an asylum. And it's really, it's a really, really good game. It's not particularly long. Um, but definitely worth checking out and, um, the whole thing being through the, um, the lens of a video camera. So you don't get, um, you, you sort of, you don't get like a torch. You don't get any inventory at all, really. I mean, you pick up a couple of keys and stuff like that, but you don't get an access to a HUD or an in- inventory. So to get you, if you go into a really dark area, you've got to turn on the night vision on your camera. And anyone who's seen a lot of films like Wreck and so on knows that whenever you see, you just, you view anything through night vision, it just looks that little bit more threatening. Um, and also, yeah, there's a the comment there. Uh, it's like Amnesia plus Mirror's Edge because there's a lot of sort of running and jumping in between um, sections, and because uh, and it's all first person mode. So when you jump and you your character grabs onto the ledge, 
and starts slowly scrabbling back like as gravity's pulling him down that big drop into nothingness and yeah himself up i i imagine there is a lot of that kind of gameplay because i'm just looking at the uh the names behind this oh right uh the the company red barrels who red made barrels it, here, yeah. is co-founded by the game designer of prince of persia sands of time oh okay and assassin's creed and uncharted drake's fortune blimey okay uh, the lead level designer of Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, Assassin's Creed, and Splinter Cell Conviction, <laughs> and the art director of Splinter Cell and Army of Two. So the idea that there's a lot of that sort of free-running exploration gameplay, not a huge surprise looking yeah. at that talent list. But it's, it's such a really, really good, tense horror game. I mean, moments where you're... you're um wandering thing and you, you see like a, a, a set of bookcases with a gap between them that's just about wide enough for you to get through and you start slowly uh edging through them and then you just hear a voice just off to the just off to the right saying little piggy and you just turn there's just something there grabs you and pulls you out is oh, really it still gets me it's really really good game uh but again a bit short but what are you gonna do um hopefully amnesia will be a bit uh longer now that that's out i need to pick that up I guess it's a sense that um, that kind of sensation, that kind of atmosphere is hard to maintain over a long period of time. Oh, yeah. But from what I've seen, it, 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 it does, it does it keeps it up for a really long time. There are, there are certain moments. I mean, it is very much a fetch and carry, get key for door A and so on and so forth thing. Um, but the threats you come across are really, really, really horrific. And it does hammer home that thing of you are incredibly fragile. I mean, there is a point where you get caught and stuff happens and it does hammer home this whole thing of yeah you you're not going to get out of this unless you're in unless you use your head mm. um because you're a journalist you're not uh you know a soldier you're not a, a cop you're not a, a mercenary or something like that so yeah uh very very good totally check it out uh machine for pigs uh and a whole bunch of other things including that that sort of that minor that minor thing gta5 that I hear is coming out. Yeah, I, I don't know much about it. Have you played any of the other four? Yeah, they, there's been a few. Obviously, this is the fifth one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, why would they call it five, otherwise? Yeah, well, <laughs> it's been knocking around for a little while, I think, these series. And oh, okay. From what I hear, they're, they're all sort of iterative improvements on the last one. You know? Yeah, you should do an episode on one of these GTA games. Sounds like a good idea. Yeah. We could do, I suppose. If, do. I mean, if we're hitting a slow week. Although, although... Didn't we once do something in that area? Sounds sounds vaguely similar. I think we might have done one, uh, but it would have been a few years ago. <laughs> a few. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Come on, we're back have, in the midst of doing, time. We've been doing World One Stage One for what? Two years. A little bit longer than that. Okay, approaching seven. Seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, approaching seven years. Holy balls! Although I think if you add it all together, less than one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think in, re- in reality, well, actually, think about it. This is episode fifty-one. If we'd yeah. actually done an episode a week, we would be under a year. Exactly. Oh man. Oh, oh, no, just start me doing an episode um, now. Are doing better than we would have done if we'd done an episode a month? Yes. No, no, we're not. No, ignore me because we'd be on episode what eighty-four by that point. What anyway. is that noise? I'm, I'm going to ignore you. That, that's the sound. Okay, ignore. Sorry, I was doing maths, and it's not really my strong point. Right, so what are we here to talk about? Because nobody's told me. Yes, I have. Earlier in this episode. I was Not eating listening. or drinking <laughs> or... I could have been doing a number well, of things. Well, we were basically things. talking oh, you're about... you're in a bathroom. You could have been doing a number of things. Yeah. And I was. 
Um, should we start with the the um, with listener mail and then move on to the topic, or do the topic and then finish off with listener mail? I think let's start with some listener mail. All right. Do you yeah. want to do the honours? The listener mail feeds into the topic. I'm That's assuming. true. Um, well, did I get that right? And with our oh. Tumblr asks. Rocket. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't know if there were any messages in the in the Gmail because I haven't been there in a while. Oh, there are. Okay. Yeah. Do, you want to, do you want to start with one of them? Okay. I, I think there's one there for Jack to read. Who Irish? Yes. Is there? You're right there, Irish. Unless you were feeling a little bit tired. and I was thinking you could read Jen's. Specifically because I want to hear you read the last line of it. Oh, I didn't read the last line. What's the last line? Ta! Go on, go I on. I certainly do. Have a cute passing out face. <laughs> yeah. When I said read it, I, I kind of meant aloud. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> All right, okay. Then. Uh, it says, uh, hello, guys. I guess that's smiley face, smiley face, smiley face. Uh, you wanted emails about what we would do if we had the unlimited funds to make any video game. And I thought I'd put my idea in. Uh, I may surprise you. It is not Harry Potter. Although I may do one on Harry Potter. That is getting to play your own character and get to go through the world. Laughy face. Uh, the game I would love uh, would be based on my favorite comic book slash manga, Red River. The story is about a young girl from modern-day Japan, well, 1995, called Yuri, who uh, gets transported via a puddle to the Hatsusa. Is that right? Oh, that's not how you with the Hittites! Damn, we fall at the first hurdle! God damn it! Woman. This is another reason I wanted you to read this one. Fuck you, buddy. <laughs> at least she's there for you to ask her on the pronunciations. I have right. not that advantage. Yeah. On the... On the... To the... Is it the Hatsusa? Here's what you're in. Hittites. Yeah. No, it, apparently, it. apparently it is the Hattusa, which is the capital of the Hittite Empire. Although she's worked. Get Hitty. on with it. It's spelt Hitty. Ah, these people make. Ah. All right. The Get Hittite on Empire. With it. Right. Jeez. <laughs> Bitch. Coming back here. This is going to turn to a fucking episode of Time Team. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I can remember the episode of Time Team where they swore at each other about the pronunciation of Hittite. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if they had done, I would have watched it more often. <laughs> Did one of them die not too long ago? Ah, uh, no, it's probably I think things they, they dig up in Time Team have been dead for a really long time, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well evaded, Jack. Right, well let's evaded. carry on with this as well. Um... So, uh, a, is, a fra- game uh, franchise set on a thing where a Japanese girl goes through a puddle and ends up in the ancient Hittite Empire. Apparently. Uh, so the game would be you running around as Yuri and get to do ancient, get to do ancient wars and poetry. Government. Oh, poet? Politics, is that meant to be? Fucking hell. Government stuff. <laughs> so, kind of like an educational game, like a, like an ancient history edutainment game. Edutainment. Like, Oregon Trail Hittite style. Yeah, I think that would work. You have died of Turkish dysentery. <laughs> Damn Turkish dysentery! <laughs> Actually, yeah. I mean, there are, you don't find that many edutainment games these days. Not like, you know, not like it was back in the good old days with Learn to Count with Mr. T. <laughs> <laughs> who, who is rustling all of the plastic bags? Oh, that's me. Could, could you kindly cut the fuck out? I'm looking for my <laughs> sweets. <laughs> We're in a world of endless rustling. I have found my sweets. Good. Eat them and shut up. <laughs> May continue. Right. Next email. Okay. We've got one from Emil, who has written to us before. 
Always nice to hear. Because it sounded like you said Uwe Boll. (laughs) (laughs) Jack, did it? What's wrong with you? I swear he said we got one here from Uwe Boll, who's messaged us before. I'm like, did he? Emil. (laughs) Emil. Oh, okay. Uh, Emil, I apologise. Sincerely, your name does not sound like Uwe Boll. Damn it, Jack. I'm very pleased to hear from Emil because he has started his letter in the traditional manner. (gasps) How are you, you, gentlemen? First of all, congratulations on coming back. Not only that, congratulations on coming back continuously and consistently. Well, (laughs) sort of. To be fair, we're still more consistent than we ever have been before. That is true. We've had a couple. We've had a couple of slip-ups, but you know, we're only human, except Irish. While I was listening to your Franchise Revivals episode, I was surprised that you didn't bring up Mega Man. (gasps) That's because it's a fake episode. Which is arguably one of the longest, more beloved franchises in video games history. That is, currently, Uncle Ben level dead. Well, Uh, is it? I don't know. Kickstarter might have something to say about that. Oh, Mega Man is dead. Ah, no, I I maintain that... Well, actually, we'll get onto that later, possibly in a later episode. But let's just say renewed interest might be coming. Oh, yeah, there's a Mega Man episode coming. Let's put it this way. Mega Man as a franchise is in suspended animation, honestly. Yeah. Anyway. It's in sleep mode. Emil continues. Sorry. You have the original NES Mega Man games, then getting a revival on the SNES with the Mega Man X series, then getting an original series game on the SNES with Mega Man 8. Jumping to PS1 and PS2, the Zero series, the EXE series, then going back to 8-bit on the PS3 with Mega Man 9 and 10, and the failed launch of Mega Man Universe and Legends 2. That's there right. is Legends 3, Legends 2 has already been out. Yeah, fair point. There is so much you could talk about, including that, I suppose, especially considering <laughs> that this year is the 25th anniversary of the original Mega Man. Yeah, it is. Two days ago, Keiji Inafune, the creator of Mega Man, launched a Kickstarter for a spiritual successor called Mighty Number no. 9. 48 hours later, it's completely funded with $900,000 and still rising, showing the love people have for his creation, his talent, and his franchise. True enough. So here you have reasons. Glad you're well. Irish, buy a better microphone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I intend to do so, verily. Do you know what I like about that email? That was written eight days ago. He was talking about $900,000 for Mighty Number yeah. 9. Oh, God, yeah. It has gained in the last eight days another million dollars. It yeah. is now at $1.9 million of its $900,000 goal. Nice. So, so it's it's on its way to get to hitting the... Uh, oh, Christ, since I last looked at this, they've actually pushed the um, goals back, the stretch goals back. Yeah. They've had to, because they might reach them. Jesus. <laughs> so yes, there is a Mega Man episode coming. Don't you worry, we will be talking about it. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. And that will oh. be an Irish episode. Yeah, will we? Irish well, man. I'll get, I'll get a new microphone for that. Microphone so man. Well, you can borrow mine, because I've never played a Mega Man game. Cool. You'll still be taking part in the episode, god fucking damn it. Have you seen my schedule? I probably won't. <laughs> no, I haven't seen your schedule. Neither have I. Privy to your employment schedule. Irish, have you seen his schedule? Who, M- Mike's schedule? Yeah. No. So none of us have seen your schedule, Mike. Why bring it up? Good. I hope you've not seen my schedule. That'd be, that'd be horrifying. So why did you ask? God, you're a bag of nuts. 
Well, when I, I'm going to sit here and eat my sweets and drink my beer in my expensive hotel in London and say fuck you. Do you wonder why Mike never turns up to episodes? (laughs) I think it's because he's sexually threatened by me. Nice. Uh, if we ever do a trailer to go on to other shows to advertise the existence of World on Stage 1, that needs to be in it. <laughs> yeah, I do. In fact, just that. <laughs> That's the whole what's, advert. What's World Stage 1 about? A blur? <laughs> Jack, why haven't people listened to World on Stage 1? Yeah, because they're sexually threatened by me. <laughs> Yeah, works. Goes there. Yeah, it does. Right. I like it. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, oh, yeah. Man episode, we're here to do. The Mega Man episode is in the works. Yes. When I first saw this Kickstarter and read through, you know, read, read through, knowing who uh, they are, the team behind it, I was just going, so what, So basically you are just making Mega Man. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not even a, a tribute to, it is just Mega Man. No, it's just we made Mega Man, but we don't own the name anymore. Whoa, whoa, whoa! But I'm okay with that. You can't say it just is Mega Man just because it's a side-scrolling game where you play a robot who goes off and a robot with a pun name and a sister with an like a joint pun name who goes around fighting other robots and then taking their powers by defeating them. Also, that he can go off and defeat an evil scientist who built these evil robots doesn't mean it's a Mega Man. (laughs) and Naoya Tomita and. All, all these yeah. other people who've worked on Mega Man. Just, it's all, you know, it's hearsay. It'd be yeah, it's hearsay. Not, sometimes it's just, just a coincidence, you know? But you know what? I'm okay with this. Because like I fucking love me some Mega Man. Oh, hell so I'm going to love me some Mighty Number no. 9. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it in a big bad way. I mean, um... <laughs> yeah. Just because he jumps and shoots doesn't mean he's jumping. <laughs> 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 Yeah, but did you, did, you see, did you see what they gave out for the um, 25th anniversary, though? No, I didn't. They released full PC for free. Um, Mega Man Cross, well, Mega Man versus Street Fighter. Ooh, so traditional 8-bit style, but all the Robot Masters have been replaced with various Street Fighter characters. What the hell? That sounds so you, awesome. So you can fight uh, Ryu. Ryu. Uh, no, no, just, just, just Ryu, Chun Li, Blanca. Chun Li, man. Do you, you gain get, their powers? Do you gain their powers? You get oh, Hadouken. Awesome. And, stuff. and it's for free. Okay, checking into that right now so I can yep. get some. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> I've yeah. had it on, I've had it on my laptop for months. That sounds <laughs> fucking amazing. We, we do have one last bit of listener mail. Listener uh, mail. Just a quick conversation I was having with Alan earlier. Oh, why? Oh. Uh, game I would make if I had the money. Star Wars Empire at War 2. So, oh. it's kind of a, what game would you make if you had the money, and a franchise revival. Huh. Yeah. Gameplay similar to the Total War series, with the space combat system of Homeworld. However, I would have it with a few more factions and different eras of play. Narrative Ooh. campaign would be the rise and fall of the Republic, or reign of the Empire. <laughs> coupled with a what-if scenario, if the Empire defeats the Rebellion, or how quickly the Empire defeats the Rebellion. Mostly Empire defeating Rebellion then, Alan. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Yeah, screw those lousy terrorists. Exactly. Empire all the way, baby. I did love that as a, uh, you know, when you occasionally see comedy summaries of films and TV guides and things. Oh, eh? Uh, I did see um, a religious fanatic aids ragtag group of terrorists in an attempt to bomb 
the, uh, the military seat of power of the uh, lawful government as the summary for Star Wars. Yep. That pretty much sums it up. That one made me laugh. So, yes. Thank you, listeners. We always appreciate li- hearing from you. We do also have some asks in the World 1 Stage 1 Tumblr. Oh, Bob, yeah. Bob, it's, uh, not ju- it's not just video game-related porn. Wait, so that so might I was be mostly what they use it for. So, yes, we have an ask from Lazarus. It says, how are you, gentlemen? Uh, White Duff works. I'm disappointed I won't be in the chat tonight. This is from a little while ago, but there wasn't a chat, uh, a, an episode that night, so it all worked out. Uh, but I couldn't let myself send, not send in a message at least. And for once, an actually short, short question. Who is the character that you fear the most? Who gives you little shivers of actual terror when you see them? Be honest. Hope to join you again next week. Lazarus Desar. Uwe Boll. <laughs> Uwe Boll's not a character, Simon. Yes, he is. Oh, oh he's such a character. I think it's you, Jack, for Psychomantis, right? Psychomantis doesn't scare me. No? No, Psychomantis is like, if I had to pick a character in Metal Gear Solid, in the whole franchise that scares me, it would probably be the boss. Actually, yeah, I can agree with that. Because she is tough as nails, really pragmatic, and quite unpredictable because she is, you know, a friggin' amazing soldier. Um, But that's just for, you know, the Metal Gear franchise. Um, For video games, I mean, you've got the obvious answers, haven't you? You've got your, your GLaDOSes. Um, GLaDOS doesn't. No, GLaDOS doesn't fear. Okay, no, it's never terrifying. I think I will say there was a definite moment of fear with Neil GLaDOS, which is the um, before Portal Two properly kicks off when she when she picks you up after you just revived her. That is a good moment, and is talking to you while she's taking you over to the giant pit. That's fucking terrifying. Um, so we've got so many more tests to do. Horny in Dungeon Keeper Two. He's a villain. He's a. He's on oh. your side. Yeah, but I found him terrifying. <laughs> I bearing in mind, Dungeon Keeper Two. I was small. Fair enough. <laughs> I found Horny terrifying. Uh, Speaking of which, a, looking forward to that coming back. By the way, it's a bit of a cheaty one, um, and it just dropped out of my head. Never, oh no, there. Um, Star Trek Armada, or might have been Star Trek Armada Two. The 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 training mission, where you are. Uh, Pootling about, doing all your different resources, like, you know, move here, okay, that's good, now move over here, that's good, this is how you mine, this is how you build things, and then suddenly everything goes all static, and you hear, we are the Borg, and a cube turns up. So the Borg are fairly fucking scary. Yep, mm. Borg are scary, I'll give you that. Uh, pretty much anything in Amnesia, uh, anything in Call of Cthulhu, Dark Corners of the Earth. Silent Hill. Oh, right, okay, there we go. The scariest character in video gaming is Silent Hill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Right. Hmm. The town, See, Silent Hill. This is a tough one for me, because I don't really play the horror games. I don't really play the scary games, because I don't like being scared. But horror games are not the, the only realm of scary characters. No. And there's a couple that come to mind. Uh, one is actually one we've talked about on this show before. Oh? Some time ago. Moira? Uh, no, AM, the supercomputer from I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. Oh! Oh, right. oh okay. yeah. Not cool, not cool. <laughs> sort of an omnipresent, it's like GLaDOS, an omnipresent horror throughout yeah. that game. And again, it's an AI. And the other one, for me, going back and thinking about it, would be, and I'm going to say it this way to avoid spoilers, the what? antagonist from Heavy Rain. Ooh! Uh, yeah. yeah! Interesting. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
because there's so much viciousness throughout that game and the reveal does make you question people. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that one to me is genuinely terrifying. I will freely admit, I'm not a big fan of the reveal in Heavy Rain, but everything leading up to that, with the, the killer's actions and so on, it's very, I mean, everything about that game is very reminiscent of the film Seven. Yes, very. And just being part of the action and not knowing who the killer is and not knowing when he'll strike and not knowing why he's doing what he's doing, that sort of sense of, of um, being caught off your feet is really, really unsettling and really good. That's a really good point. I would say, yeah, yeah, the killer before you know who the killer is, is very scary. Maybe less so once that the reveal comes in. See, to me, it's still afterwards because of the nature of the killer up till that point. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Also, like, talking about it does let me, uh, what's it called, uh, bring up as well. This microphone is the origami killer. <laughs> and this I'll probably have the same response to the antagonist in Beyond Two Souls. Whoever Ooh. it ends up being. Yeah. Ooh. What about you, Mike? Are you scared of anyone? In general, mm. let alone in video games? Oh, in general. Um, you know, that guy down the street, you know, the one that looks at me funny. He's scary. Um, that three-year-old in the plays outside the school when I'm walking to work. Yeah, right, he's terrifying. He's terrifying. Your games again, because um, I think we're seeing unpleasant parts of your psyche right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, like he has pleasant parts in his fucking psyche. <laughs> no, not really. I mean, don't find many scary things in my games. I like to be kept in a nice, warm, soft, happy place. Well, then, Moira is terrifying. Moira is not terrifying. She's wonderful. No, no. She's terrifying. She's really not. I'm trying to think of a game where a clown makes up a very big part of it, or a spider. Twisted Metal. Well, I can tell you I've not played it, so I wouldn't find such a thing terrifying, because such a thing would not exist. Ooh, The Witch. Left 4 Dead 2 is not terrifying. I don't know, The Witch. The Witch is scary. Nah, I don't find The Witch scary. I'm a weirdo, though. (laughs) You are a weirdo, that is true. The Piano from Super Mario 64. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Princess Peach, she's terrifying. I'll give you that. The Hotel from Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Ah, not played Bloodlines. Again, it's not really a character, it's, it's more It's not a, a character, piece. but that is a scary set piece. Oh yeah. Although I suppose, no, it is a character, because it is all the haunting of one ghost. Yeah, it's basically the, the ghost haunting the hotel. It's, yeah. it's possessing it. It's in the same way that it's like, Silent Hill is both a location and a character. It's it's an entity. It's a sentient being mm. that just happens to be a town. But holy shit, yeah. Silent, so my answer down the line, I was thinking like, oh, I've got this character from this franchise and so on and so forth, but down, straight down the line, Silent Hill is the scariest character in video game history. Mm. Well, apart from My Shepherd. My Shepherd was pretty terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, Sovereign. Sovereign's pretty scary. Now you yeah. want to come and mention Mass Effect. Sovereign is an amazing yeah. villain. Completely neutered by the games that followed. Yeah. That reduced Reapers down to any other video game bad guy. But Sovereign, I'm not sure if he was terrifying or just beautifully otherworldly and creepy. Yeah. But fantastic villain. Um, I was also I was actually quite surprised that your answer wouldn't be something like, say, GLaDOS or Shodan. No, I like AIs. Yeah. Yes, but AIs don't necessarily like you when you're the protagonist. <laughs> Showdown's pretty scary, I'll give you that. Yeah. GLaDOS I've never found terrifying. GLaDOS okay. I've always felt pity for. 
I really, I really, really wish that System Shock 2 ran on my laptop. <laughs> mm. I got it on Steam and it just, it plays, but it plays in a 1.5 by 1.5 centimeter in the top left hand side of my screen. Ugh. And I've tried messing with every resolution ever and it just doesn't work. That sucks. Yeah. But yeah, I've, I've always, I always felt pity for GLaDOS even before Portal 2 came out and we learned a bit more about GLaDOS. Yeah. So I felt wildly justified by the end yeah. of Portal 2. I was like, yeah, I think I saw that coming. So yeah, scary characters. I, I actually kind of want to do an episode on horror and, and, and scary characters and what people find frightening in games. I um, think it could be really fun. Yeah, especially because, you know, I... I How about we make that our um, Halloween, Halloween episode? Ooh, I like that. Oh, Ooh. I'm totally up for that. I'm totally up for that. I'll play some horror games before Halloween, and Excellent. I'll cry on the episode. <laughs> I think we should also. I think we should also find out how to do a let's play, so we can do the whole piggyback mode of Slender. Like, let's play. Um, Sorry, Gavin's hit me over there. I can't really think of any scary characters particularly. That it generally made me go when I was playing the game, and then made me go. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> oh, I know, Necromorphs, Dead Space. Really? Well, is it? It wasn't that scary. It's just that. I was playing it, and then I saw one and just went, ha, 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 nope. I know. I've never played Dead Space. I was like, ah, save, save where I am, put the control down, walk away. Yeah. I have since back, since then gone back and played the games, and they're really good games. Okay. But, oh, someone who terrifies me, the Terror Mask from Splatterhouse. He's not scary. He's fucking he's terrifying. Fun. He's your friend. Actually... Actually, no, that is a good point. The whole, like, getting into your head and making you admit that you're enjoying what you're doing thing. That that can be kind of scary. He's terrifying yeah. as a character. I don't know. I don't know that he is. He's more, like, I don't know, sidekick. I mean, he's more wisecracking. And it doesn't really, uh, doesn't really do scary that well. He's amazing. I fucking love the terror mask or the nightmare mask. I have to translate <laughs> it. But he's not, I wouldn't say scary. Nothing really about Splatterhouse was particularly scary, mm, and it does okay. it does try to throw all the tropes at you with like the giant dolls and and uh, uh, tentacle monsters and things like that. But none of them really scary. Should we pick this back up at Halloween? Yes, yeah, I think we should. Yeah, we'll put a pin in this for now. But uh, there's a, a few samples. Yeah, we do have one last ask, which does bleed on nicely into uh, the topic of tonight's show. <laughs> and it is again from Lazarus. How are you, gentlemen? In answer to the question posed at the end of your 50th episode, it's all in caps, fanfare and confetti where applicable, the game I would most like to make would be giving Revolver Ocelot his own game so we can sort <laughs> out just what the hell his plans were all that time and figure out if he has chronic backstabbing disorder. And actually, I've got to admit, I would totally love to see that as well. I'm sorry, if I understand the writing of Metal Gear Solid, just because he had an entire game in which he was the protagonist and the plot was about him doesn't mean we'd actually find out the truth about any goddamn thing. <laughs> yeah. But I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. Uh, that was a, no, no, I, I know that doesn't count, and if it did, it would have counted two episodes ago. In all honesty, I would enjoy making a game wherein, and this is quite an interesting idea, wherein you play a were-creature, but not a very good or competent one. <laughs> a very bad at were-creaturing character who has to navigate what the hell he's doing, try to sort out whether there really is a were-creature society, or if it's someone just trolling him or her with White Wolf RPG books. Hold down a job, try not to destroy their rented apartment, that sort of thing. And I say a were-creature because everyone would expect it to be a werewolf, including the player character. But what if it was something randomized, unexpected? You could suddenly find yourself trying to work out how to make a really inconvenient wereform work to your advantage. Like a were-cow. Or a were-shark. <laughs> Not the were-shark. 
It's a stupid idea, but it might make a good pastiche of horror games comedy RPG. Speculate on species options to your heart's content. No wear sharks. Lazarus is uh, Oh, PS- no wear sharks. No, no, I said no wear sharks. That's not Lazarus. I, I'm wear sharks. Yeah. P.S. Congratulations. I look forward to any, many more episodes with you lovely people. Irish, you are adorable. Ah, oh, thank you. Oh, oh, especially when you're sleeping. I know. So annoyed I missed that. So what do you reckon about that game? I like the sound of that, actually. I love it. I really like, because, well, you know I like that concept from the things I've done to your vampire character specifically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You can even play on the whole confusion arc and call it Where Am I? Oh, that's <laughs> awful. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I want, I want, I want to do that, and I want to be a were koala. <laughs> it could even be kind of like the the old uh, Morrowind werewolf thing, where every night, or not every night, but basically like at a certain time, your character transforms, and it doesn't matter where you are. So you need to like invest in maybe getting like a a safe uh, room in your apartment. But to begin with, you don't know where clam. <laughs> where um, clam? <laughs> I gotta admit, I, I, I think I would just be wandering around that game trying to, if there were, if it were multiplayer or if there were other were creatures out there, I would just spend my entire time wandering around that game trying to find and kill the were platypus. Ah, <laughs> uh, but see, what if you were the were platypus? Yeah, see, I would, I would, I would take my own life with, with, I would literally just shank myself with a silver spade. You could get yourself with your own spurs on the backs of your ankles. You're not <laughs> immune to your own venom if you're a were-platypus. Fucking platypi! <laughs> I mean platypodes. Platypi. What? <laughs> I don't know. The echo Are is you back. back in the toilet again? Shut up. Are you pooping live on, the, live on air? No, I was currently me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number one. We uh we are the classiest, most professional show. That <laughs> might be the good shit internet. <laughs> you would have totally got away with that until we actually said anything. Yeah, it's more fun if I do that. <laughs> Simon, I, I Simon, I have to ask. Like, do you ever speak to the simply syndicated, uh, like high command? Oh yes. Oh, and, and, and they and they say to you, "What the fuck, man? What the fuck are you doing?" They will now. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you guys bugged me to be here. <laughs> we didn't bug you to piss live on air! <laughs> I muted it for that bit. And now we have our <laughs> Totally worth it! <laughs> oh, totally worth it, it's fine. Anyway, shall we... It's It's been a good long intro. It has, <laughs> Shall we move on to our topic? Ooh, Hello and welcome to World on Stage 1. <laughs> We did that bit, Jack. Oh, sorry. Oh, uh, so it's good night from me? Not yet, Jack. Oh, okay. Oh, it's that bit in the middle. Yes, the content. Where we talk about shows, uh, games, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. We talk about shows, shit. So, <laughs> Mike, would you like to wait a while before you go so you can actually think about what you would make? Well, they just released Rome 2, so I'm good for a while. No, no, it's really easy, Mike. What comes after Rome 2? <laughs> <laughs> Remember your primary school education. <laughs> Remember your fingers. After Rome 2 lines comes what? Well, in fairness, after Rome 2 comes what? Medieval? <laughs> well, actually, me and Mike did work this out the other day. Uh, after yeah. Rome 1 came um, Medieval 2. Yeah. But basically, 
where we would stand now with Rome 2 is either Medieval 3 or they would move on to doing another franchise like Empire. Yeah. Which is so. actually going to link in with my um, dream game thing. So we'll go on to that one. Who wants to go first? I think that would also be my dream game if you're talking about the thing we spoke about the other day. Yeah, I think I've got yeah. like three separate ideas for like dream games. That's also my dream game, so we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay, cool. Who wants to go first? None of us. Not it. All right. All right, we're talking about our dream game then. Um, this, this is mine and Mike's dream game, but I have several others as well. Well, did you want... Well, That no. thing we were talking about yesterday, Michael. <laughs> well, no, but you said, you just said Warhammer. Yeah, as we all know, right, the, the, the Games Workshop video game franchise has moved from, was it Relic originally? Yep. Yes. It well, used not to be Relic. Recently, but most recently was Relic. And it's now moved to... To the Creative Assembly. So are we now going to talk about Total Warhammer? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we are. And, and oh God. Oh. Wonderful. Oh my. I mean, Dawn of War was already pretty damn close to one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. But, but you could just do it. If I could just reskin Empire with 40k, which I'm there sure is a, has... There is a mod for original Rome Total War for, to make it Warhammer. Yeah. Well, I, I would love to see... I want a 40k version. Oh, okay. So it needs to be... I'd want, an, I'd want Empire... An Empire-style play with a 40k skin would be perfect. Well, maybe even a um, Fall of the Samurai. Because as yeah. we all know, lasers are better than swords. Oh, I don't yeah. know. It depends on how big the sword is. I'm going by uh, JRPG logic here. <laughs> or if you can have a laser gun with a sword attached to it, then laser sword—the best thing ever. Um, but yeah, Creative Assembly. I think they did already say that sci-fi and and futuristic isn't really their their shtick. Yeah. So it's, we are probably looking at Warhammer Fantasy Battles on a total war scale. So massive empire is, building is amazing. I'm so glad they partnered up. Massive empire building and and battles with tens of thousands of soldiers on screen. Yeah, that makes my knees a little bit weak. I think that would be fantastic, especially with, you know, the the, the plethora of, of races and, and factions and of, that are available to you in Warhammer. Um, I'm assuming it would probably start with the Empire being, you know, right in the middle of everything. Um, but you've got like, you know, orcs and goblins off to the east. You've got your dwarves. You've got your elves on their little, elf, their little floating island thing and uh crazy mutants up north and ogres off to the far east and there's so much there um that would be wonderful a huge and it's basically going to get made hopefully fingers crossed so yeah all we can do is so, new wish list about what will be in it every single race and it would be the size and scale of of victoria 2 rather than you know total war oh god because it'd be the whole world rather than just a continent yeah point and it would take 5 years real time to play a campaign <laughs> That's only what about half the time I've spent playing Total War. So, yes, I started. No, Wait, that's the weird thing. Yes, but where do you sight cannons, Jack? Facing my own men at the bottom of a ravine, <laughs> downwards. Yeah, the idea sorry. is to make such a hilarious statement that I will be remembered for years to come. No By one blasting away the bottom of the ravine, you're creating a bigger pit to throw the bodies of your enemies into. Correct. Actually, no. Basically, what I figured was I had no hope of beating a superior tactician with superior forces in combat, which I was completely unprepared for. Therefore, <laughs> I realized I would not be remembered, you know, hundreds of years from now, once the, the dust of the battle, because, you know, the victor would be remembered. 
unless I did something so crazy and hilarious that the history books would have to write about me. So you went for Charge of the Light Brigade style immortality. Except downwards. It it made the Light Brigade look sensible. The Light Brigade le- never tried to go to war with the, you know, rare Earths. At least the Light Brigade attempted to engage the enemy in some fashion. One could argue that was the less sensible option. <laughs> you know, once you're in the battle, you have to engage the enemy. I turned my, I turned my cannons into impromptu mining equipment. <laughs> it was Which fun. would be great if this were, you know, mining simulator 2013. Or even EVE Online. Or, or even Minecraft. Yeah. So yeah, there's, there's, there's our, well, there's my number one choice. Um, mine would simply be a 40k version. I know Creative Assembly have said they don't want to make that, but... but it's what you'd want to see. I've got to say, I would play the 40k version. I would literally give up my life. <laughs> I say, uh, this I was the that, purpose uh, of my being, was just to that. play this game. No, no, not dramatic at all. Uh, you, I, would, you would basically just turn yourself into a total 40k servitor. Yep. I would spend the rest of my days playing that game until such time as my body stopped living. Or the sequel came out. Or the sequel came out. You're a fickle monster. I don't know. Depends if they improved upon mechanics. If they did a um, Dawn of War 2, then I wouldn't play it so much. Uh, on the same note, actually, it's, it's, it's the same sort of franchise and things, but basically it's been catching up to me since seeing a couple of the, the trailers and the development um, trailers for Dragon Age Inquisition. Oh, yes, which I'm looking is, forward to. Oh, yeah, oh, hells yeah. But the way they're talking about it and the way they're, they're building up the world and the way they're making the character system look like is basically I'm just looking at it going, I really want to see Bioware make a 40k Inquisitor RPG. Ooh. Yeah. That would work. The idea of playing an Inquisitor and having an Inquisitorial retinue, your, your, um, your apost- uh, apostles and so on. Mm. That would be really amazing. And you could, because Bioware, they do incredibly mature storylines, which is something 40k kind of desperately needs. I don't know. 40k is mature in the way that early 90s, late 80s heavy metal album covers are mature. Exactly. They need some Bioware level maturity, some depth and complexity, like the Black Library books do. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. They need, they need some complexity, like for example, Eisenhorn, the the, the series of novels about an Inquisitor. Mm. You very, very True rarely enough. see any aliens or anything like that. It is literally all about the evil in men's hearts and that sort of thing. So that I think would make an incredible game of Bioware RPG in the same vein of Mass Effects, probably more Mass Effect than Dragon Age because it's sci-fi. It would probably lend itself a bit more to a run and gun than it would to to a sort of tactical hack and slash. Um, so yeah, sort of a Mass Effect with the 40k franchise attached with an inquisitorial storyline. Oh, that would be fantastic. Sold? I'd play it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And you know, you could, but the whole thing of building up your character, you could pick which branch of the Inquisition, whether you wanted to go after heretics or mutants or, well, you know, the, you got the Order of Hereticus going after to heretics, you've got the Order of Malleus going after demons, and the Order of Xenos going after aliens. And yeah, I think that would be Pretty friggin' fantastic. Certainly sounds it. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I could think of was literally I was I, I I did write some notes down and one of them is just it's it's basically uh, Freedom Force. If anyone remembers that game, no. Nope. Is that the sort of squad-based superhero combat? Yeah, it's yeah, built for It's that, and then with a big circle around it, 
and some arrows pointing to another circle that says Silent Hill and a big picture of a car crash in the middle. <laughs> and it's basically like open-ended world. Oh, I've also got Spider-Man 2 hiding at the bottom of there. Okay. Basically, open-ended world, big open sandbox world where you play as a superhero, but it's like properly dark and gritty and, and it's not bright primary colors, golden age superheroes. Right. I literally could not think of anything else to go into it other than that. And then I just sort of went, yay! <laughs> um, yeah, and basically because I liked the whole Spider-Man 2 thing, and it, it's, it's something that's come up with um, Saints Row 4, is that, yeah, you've got superpowers, and you can go around you can go around the whole city with these superpowers, which are fairly pointless, because you've essentially, if you want to have, you want to do stuff with superpowers, you need supervillains. If you can just run along and just pick people up and fling them into space, and they are just the police. It doesn't matter if they're like police with, with ray guns. If they're just the police and you are able to kick them over a story, you know, a, a 50 story building, it kind of depletes from the, the, the fun. I mean, yeah, that, that could be quite amazing, you know, outrunning cars and stuff like that and being amazing, being a superhero. But you want, if you're, if you're playing Spider-Man, you want Venom to come down. You, you want, you know, Green Goblin to go flying off and have to go and chase it, that sort of thing. So I'd like to see that in, in a, in a superhero game. Sounds Hello? like another one I would play. Oh, okay, cool. I was, it went really quiet, and everyone, I think everyone was just sort of sitting there going, okay, how, how, how do we tell him that he's out of the club? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what was that, Mike? Yeah. yeah. Is it because you don't like superheroes? Is it because you're wrong? I prefer villains. That's the thing, though. You could be a supervillain if you wanted to be. It would be completely open and sandboxy. You can use those superpowers to, like, rob banks and stuff. No, but supervillains don't have superpowers. They're just evil people. No, I disagree. Supervillains have superpowers. That's what the supervillains means. Yeah, dude. Finally, pedantry stands we, on my side. We we do get a lot of people conflating the super part and calling Batman a superhero. He's not. He's yeah, no, he's just a hero. He's a hero. He's a costumed vigilante, not a superhero. Same goes with villains. Cersei is a supervillain because she's magical. Lex Luthor is not because, like Batman, he's a guy. I think the thing is, with, with DC, you get a lot of costumed villains. With Marvel, you get a lot of supervillains. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Although I think that's, again, sort of the way with Marvel and DC, is that DC, you get a lot of costumed heroes, and Marvel, it's mostly superheroes. You do get the occasion of, of the obvious crossover there, um, but I think that's sort of the major thing there, is that Marvel has a whole lot of super going on. Yeah. So maybe, I guess, it would be more of a Marvel thing, um, although I didn't want to mention anything about, like, you know, Marvel Online, with the whole... Uh, microtransactions thing. Mm. Uh, 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 uh. Anyway, um, so yeah, there's that, that. Those were my my ideas. I'll probably come up with more during the the uh, the discussing of yours and Irish's ideas. Simon, this is cool. I forgot where the apostrophes went in that sentence. <laughs> it was a complicated sentence. It was. It had letters in it and everything. So Irish showdown. You want to go showdown? <laughs> um. I'm perfectly honest, I couldn't think of one because any of the games I would want to make have practically have practically been done already. Not not even um Pokemon MMO? I couldn't give a two shits about a Pokemon MMO. Yay! He said a bad word <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Pokemon. Yes. Oh you know, you know you guys know I'm a Pokemon fan. I can't wait for X and Y. I just can't see a Pokemon MMO working, not properly. Like, like, like all the wish lists that people have done for it, it just—I just can't see it working without 
being so many problems going along with it. Fair enough. You know, yes. it's just, it's stuff like, um, you know, I know you could do different servers for different ages and whatnot, but people don't give a shit. You know, they would log into a, you know, uh, the younger, you know, the younger one and then just ruin it for people. Hmm. Hmm. Basically, damn kids! <laughs> Ruining Pokemon for Jack! Jinder's <laughs> um, <laughs> brought up one, actually. I didn't, you know, just, just a proper console RPG of some kind. You know, some sort of role play that just, you know, something new, something that's not been done before. A new IC. Yeah. IC? IP. 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 Yeah. Well, um, those are always popular. And of course, we've got to remember the guys who originally came up with Mass Effect are working on a new IP. Oh, sweet. I have seen today that the guys who made Far Cry 3 are doing a RPG. JRPG. They are. Which, is it a JRPG? Because they're not J, are they? It, it's, it's, it's like a no, JS RPG. It's, it's a JRPG. So in the same way that um, Avatar The Last Airbender is an anime. And in the yeah. same way that, uh, say, Fallout 3 Blood Dragon is an 80s game. <laughs> Fallout 3 Blood Dragon. I want to play that game. Sorry, Far Cry 3. Sorry. No, no, I want to play Fallout 3 Blood Dragon. I want to see an 80s. I like, you know, how, how Fallout has the whole 30s arc to it. Uh, I want to see an 80s style one. It's more 50s, really. Oh, sorry, yeah, 50s. But, you know, the whole threat of nuclear war in the 80s was pretty strong. True enough. Sort of Watchmen style doomsday clock. Yeah. <clears throat> With an 80s soundtrack. Could be good. Bright primary colors instead of brown and gray. Could be horrific. I've just thought of another one. Of course you have. Rather than just being a mod for Arkham City, a f or Arkham Asylum, a full-on 1970s Adam West Batman game. <laughs> <laughs> With Adam West voicing, I hope. Of course. Where you go off and you fight enemies like the Clock King and King Tut. And the Eggman. Was it the Eggman? Uh, I don't recall the Eggman. Played by Vincent Price. You might Was be right. Was it Humpty Dumpty or something like that? There was. I think it might have been Humpty Dumpty. Anyway, okay. Egghead, Egghead, Egghead. Played, by, played by Vincent Price. Yes. Right. So I've been thinking about this. Oh dear. Uh, and okay, this is what I would do. Given all the time, all the money, and all the resources. Mm -hmm. So we start off, unsurprisingly, with an elite scale universe. Cool. So we've got yeah. galaxies of worlds procedurally generated, much the same as Elite. You can travel between them freely, trading, interfering, and there are sort of your random staged missions in various places. All right. With you so far? The thing is, we're a little bit more advanced than that now. So we'll have space stations and facilities on planets that we can dock with, get out, and again, using procedural generation, because that's a good way to do a lot of content very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um make sort of each station on each planet its own little roguelike. Not a huge one, just a small one. So are there shops here? Are there bad guys here? Are there opportunities? Just little sort of almost randomly generated side quests all over the place. Not huge, just enough to make every place you visit that little bit interesting. Yeah, so you want to land. Exactly. But that's just, that's the setting. That's the yes. backdrop to the game. On top of that, let's get the sort of the sense of a Fallout game in here and turn a number of planets and a number of space stations into proper locations that you can really drill down deeply into that have 
interconnected and complicated branching storylines. Like all the different areas in a Fallout game, you meet characters, you'll travel from one to the other in certain storylines. So it's that sort of free-roaming RPG. But the travel in between is not on foot as it is in a Fallout game. It is a just space trading and combat game to get around this universe. So uh, not, not quite as far as sort of X-Wing uh, TIE Fighter kind of gameplay because you're generally going to be using larger ships than that. But that kind of feeling of you're playing the ship in those combats and playing the character in between, if you're with me on that one. Yeah. But of course, one of the locations you can visit is the ship. It has an interior which uh, will vary depending on which ship you've got. But most importantly, you'll have a crew. Right. Most of whom will be sort of minor crew who are just interesting, colorful characters with, um, from different races. Uh, they have different properties that affect the ship and everything. And you sort of pick them up at all the randomly procedurally generated worlds, their equipment, but they sort of decorate and brighten up your ship. But again, on these more deeply drilled worlds, you have your sort of Bioware style, Fallout style companions who become the really senior members of your crew. So you have a Bioware-style relationship with them. They become your away team when you're off doing things in the roguelike dungeons. And it, it's combining all these elements of all these games I love. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty much it at that point. You've got this vast open universe that you can do whatever you want in with a branching storyline, deep, the occasional deep character, and some really decorative characters. I just think that would be a lot of fun. That's got everything I would love to see in a game in it. Huh. Sounds interesting. I need it now. And I think it's all, as certainly with the next gen coming up, very attainable. It's all yeah. doable. That's the thing is, like, no longer is, is it the case of, like, your, your weird mutant listing dream, uh, mutant wishlist dream game is, is way out there. Cause with technology catching up, it's now catching up with our imaginations. Yeah. Cause I don't know if that means more about technology or our imaginations, but, you know. <laughs> Cause I sort of see it as, two teams working in parallel. You'd have your team working on the Bioware Fallout-style deep um, RPG, and then you'd have another team just working on the sort of procedural roguelike kind of game that it's that is the background to that. And both of those things in isolation would be reasonably easy to accomplish, given modern technology and video game budgets. Yeah. And you could also throw in you know, a little bit of Grand Theft Auto-style you can be the villain, space chases. That would be kind of fun. Oh, yeah. Um, and, I mean, one of the things I really wanted to take is uh, if I was sitting down and giving the creative director of this project a briefing, uh, you know how White Wolf RPG books always have, you know, related viewing, go and watch this, read this? Oh, yeah. I'd tell them the feeling I want for just traveling around the universe with your crew. Firefly? Watch Firefly. Oh, yeah. 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 That's the kind of ensemble cast feeling, sense of humor, and kind of moral gray area I want to see. And what I really want is for the back, background of the game to have this sort of regional conflict. Like in Fallout New Vegas, you've got the different factions, and you can have different reputations with them all. So you can sort of invest yourself in, for sake of um, words to describe it, the brown coats or the core worlds. But it's not sort of something you decide at character creation. It all comes out in dialogue. If you start talking about having fought for the brown coats, that becomes your backstory. Oh, okay. 
So you're making these decisions, not just affecting the world around you, but affecting yourself. And, and not, doing it in a sort of, not doing it in a sort of expositionary way of, this is your character. Yeah, not the Morrowind style. Not the, I asked a prisoner his name once and he said nothing. It just stood there for two minutes morphing between genders and races. And <laughs> I've seen some shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> But oh. it, it's, it's, you know, uh, t show, don't tell. The character is just... Which so many more games need! They do. Just by your actions, you prove the character you are and make decisions about character creation. Okay, from now on, any game that comes out that I start mutant wishlisting that's like an RPG, I want that to be the character-building mechanic. Let it come naturally. Yeah, start as a tabula rasa. I mean, define your physical looks, sure, that's fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. But, I mean... Oh, no, that's, that's perfect. I want to see that impl implemented into more games. So, I'm setting up a Kickstarter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, actually, <laughs> even with looks and things like that, that could even come up in, like, um, not even like a tutorial thing, but like, a, you know, the whole growing up, a bit like Fable, the original. Mm. If you're a bit more rough and tumble, you're going to grow up with a few more scars. Yeah, true. That sort of thing. If you, if you, if you, when you're building up your skill points at the beginning, if you've put a lot into academic skills, you might be a little bit thinner, a little bit paler than, than the average character. But then you start, that's playing towards stereotype. I know, I know, it is playing towards stereotype, there is that. But, I mean, you can always confirm it later on, you know? True enough. But yeah, I really like the idea of just letting it come naturally, rather than, than just picking it from a list of things. It's one of my, that's been on my wish list of perfect games for a while, is an RPG where you define your character by your actions, not by a selection on a character sheet. Which is Frigging brilliant. I'd love to see that. Naturally, I would like to see that in a fantasy world because that's my thing. <laughs> uh, but a big open-ended galaxy with different planets to land on all that is, is obviously going to get my attention as well. That's just... <laughs> the other thing is that the structure that I'm envisaging works beautifully for modders because you have however many hundred basically unused randomly generated worlds. With empty canvases. So, you know, people can make their whole storyline experience even if it is a multi-world experience of travel from planet to planet and just drop it in there are places to put it yeah so you can download further worlds and expansion packs just more worlds become more detailed just expand your horizons damn oh i need that right now why isn't it made yet simon i don't know because no one give me x million dollars <laughs> all right i'll get right on simon, make it serious <laughs> Well, let's see. The most expensive video game ever made was $265 million. That's Grand Theft Auto V's budget. Really? Well, it was $295 million. Oh, it might be. Um, have, you, have you heard about this, though? The fact that it's already made its money back in pre-orders alone. Yeah, I can believe it. That's, that's crazy. And um, I love the fact that people, it, you know, it's made its money back in pre-orders alone with no significant gameplay trailers. No, none. No, we've no, we've had no actual gameplay. Because let's face it, it's Grand Theft Auto. It's we done. We know what the gameplay is going to be. I know, yeah, we've had I a know good that. demo. It was called Grand Theft Auto Four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, yeah. it's done it on basically name alone, and that's I can, crazy. I can state with a fairly, a fairly com level, you know, fairly mediocre level of confidence that at some point you will steal a car. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. I now want to go through the whole game without ever stealing a car. <laughs> I'm sure that might actually also be possible. I think there's probably going to be a cheap, an achievement for that. For what? For never stealing a car in Grand Theft <laughs> Auto. The fact is, you can legit, you can legitimately buy cars in this one. Yeah, you know, 
one of the guy, one of your, one of your playable characters, by looks of it, is quite well off. So it's gonna be, it's, it's gonna be interesting. Although I won't get to play it for like nine months because someone else is gonna be on it constantly. Well, I'm not gonna get to play it for at least a year because I play these games on the PC. Yes, uh, I've spent my budget on games. Yep. And I'm I'm saving like once I get money again on Tuesday, I've already earmarked that for Suda Five One's latest game. Killer is dead. Yeah. That looks interesting. Selwyn's been playing it at the moment. Okay. Have to ask him on the weekend what it's like. Yeah. I did also just have two uh two more ideas. Yeah. Because they may not be very in depth. My ideas are certainly prolific. <laughs> <laughs> right. Go one on. is another take franchise and add game, which is we've got a lot of these games like uh Outlast and like Amnesia now. Uh, horror games which enhance the sense of isolation and the idea that you cannot fight back against an enemy which is completely superior to you. Yep. An alien game which is not an FPS. As in, like, alien rather than, like, aliens. Yeah, unfortunately, if you manage to hide from them, I don't buy it. Oh, no, no, Mm. hiding wouldn't be the thing. It would be putting things between you, so it has to try and find another way around. Yeah, again, unless you're Ripley. You'd have to play as Ripley. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But all the games, because of the nature of gaming, they seem to be based around the whole Aliens idea, rather than Alien or Alien 3. Yep. I mean, Alien 3, they didn't hide from it. That's it was, true. Well, they did, a little bit. Yeah, but it was literally, it was putting the doors down and having distractions and so on. It was In that to, one chase scene. Yeah. But I mean, that's largely the bit with, you know, because a lot of Alien films are, well, Alien and Alien 3 are build-up. Yes, that's true. Because it's all about the 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 um, tension, so on. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think that'd be kind of cool. The other idea is an actual like on its own idea, taking a, a leaf out of the Scion uh, thing. This idea of progression of heroes to gods, sort of thing. Um, so it could be any sort of, it'd be like a, a pseudo fantasy world, any sort of pantheon you could imagine, like Egyptian or Greek or, or Roman or Viking or whatever. And you start off as a low level nobody, you know, a, a guy with a sword. And through, you know, fighting in wars, fighting against champions in an arena, whatever it is, and you would sort of build up and become, you know, great famous champion, great hero, and so on and so forth. And so you eventually sort of raise yourself up to the level of being essentially a demigod. And then it starts to take on a bit more of an aspect of superpowers and so on, but in the level of, you know, being a god. So you have these, these great, amazing arcane abilities or great strength, and you're able to do, like, lifting heavy boulders or crush armies with, you know, a flick of your wrist, that sort of thing. And then once you've leveled up through enough through that, going up to the level of being a god, and then it, you know, being this whole raise your empire thing, get believers, go to war with the other gods. So it's a truly mm. epic scale game where you start as nobody and end as, you know, the one true god sort of thing. That, could that be does sound epic, is the big. word. Yeah, yeah. That sounds pretty good. And it would basically, this sounds like the sort of game that I could totally imagine being a com- like being hyped up by, well, it's not really Lionhead anymore, is it? But, you know, uh, Molyneux. And, fuck, what's his name from id? John Carmack? Uh, oh, no, John no, Romero. 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 Yeah, but the trouble is, if you had Molyneux and Romero doing your press, no one would believe them. Exactly. <laughs> this, thing, this sounds like, this is what I mean. This sounds like exactly the sort of game they would be hyping. That is true. I'll give you that. So, yeah, there's that. Just because big. I'll probably come up with a few more ideas when, by the time the episode's over. I now want that to be a Thor game where you start as Thor walking amongst the Norsemen before you even lift Mjolnir for the first time. And that counts your ascension yeah. to the god level. Yeah, his whole storyline from that to Allfather. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. See? See? But also, I would also like to point out, 
you you made it all about Vikings. No, I made it about an Asgardian. <laughs> Not <laughs> a Viking. He's an alien. He he'd be walking. Uh, he'd be walking among the who, Simon? Norseman. The Norseman. Really? That's where he lived. <laughs> <laughs> among the Vikings. He did live among the Vikings, but he himself is not a Viking. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, I understand. Gotcha. Not a Viking. Not oh, a Viking. Damn it. <laughs> this shit again. This is my falling asleep. I will never live this down. <laughs> Simon's not a Viking. Irish falls asleep. Mike is threatened by my raw sexual power. And also pisses live on air. <laughs> What's I'm Jack's the only one who gets out of this completely safe. Yeah, you you until we throw you out of the window. Yeah, I was actually just waiting. There. I, I'm saying I'm the only one who gets out of this completely safe. I was just waiting for someone to mention the word Zedler. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and and someone did. Or you know, I couldn't help myself. I'm flawed in that way, like all the great heroes. <laughs> I can't find my microphone. Yay! We'll, we'll have to do our path episode so people can see just how very sane you are. I really want to... Shut up! <laughs> I want to do that episode! I know you do. <laughs> you fuckers need to play it. Nope. I even have it now. Mike, play it. Nope. Wait, did you say you have it, Simon? I, I do I do now have it. Really? Yep. As of when? Uh, as of some time ago, last time oh. I saw it on sale. Fair enough. I didn't, I didn't know if it was quite recently or what. Have you played it at all? Nope. Fair but I did pick it up in order to play it. So that we could um, do the show. Okay. So it will happen. Okay, cool. <laughs> I will put on my beret for when it does. We do that episode. And I will put on my polo neck. And it will be. It'll, yeah, exactly. It, it's not a game, man. It's an experience. <laughs> <laughs> it's an emotional journey. Exactly. They're like all their games. They're beautiful Belgian. Sorry. <clears throat> Go off the rails a little bit there. God, we don't have Troy anymore for you to do the whole experience thing. It's an experience, and it's beautiful, like all of their games. You said you actually you sounded quite interested in their their, their one that was coming out or had just come out. The one oh, the hugely, long, yes. The the, um, the long distance hollow deck relationship. Yeah, yeah. I'm and fascinated again, by that one. That one again does not look like a game so much as it does an artistic experience. Yeah, that one isn't a game. Very yeah. much so. That one, I I'm not. I agree with you as it happens. That yeah. the path is not a game, even though it's called the path game. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, Tale of Tales do sort of, in terms of gaming, they take what looks like a game and work out what they can do with it. Yeah, it's it, for for Belgians, they're very French. Yeah, I mean the only ones I know are the Path and um, the Long Distance Holodeck Love Affair. What the hell is that one called? I I can't remember. Um, but they did they did two other games as well. One called Salome. Okay. Which is about the biblical Salome, but it's also, it's, it's very weird. And I think it has a bit more of a sort of gameplay style to it than the other games do. Um, but it's very much the whole you're dropped in. You don't really know much about what's going on and you just tell the story. Um, and the other one is very, very weird in that you could basically play a, uh, a demo. You could play a completely free demo of it. And it's basically you're an old lady walking through a cemetery. And you go and you sit, you, you walk through the cemetery and the music plays and you're looking at all the different headstones and so on. And then you sit down on a bench in the middle of the cemetery. Oh, yes. That's the, that's, the, game. Uh, the graveyard. Yeah. And oh, then if I didn't you know they the game, did that one. And then if you bought the game, it's exactly the same. But when the old lady sits on the, on the chair, on the bench, there is a one in 50 chance that she will die. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Morbid. 
And also, yeah, it's being talked about the thing in, in the chat room, uh, Journey, which I've never played. But I love that game. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I've played Journey. Never played. It's, you can, you can finish it in 20 minutes. It's, but it, it's such a great game. It, again, it's one of those things of, you're dropped in with no real explanation, so on. Yeah, just, just to clarify, it's not a Tale of Tales game. No, 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 no. Journey is uh, like a, Journey's a good game. But, <laughs> and it is, in its way, a game. It is, there is gameplay, there is an objective, there are bad guys to avoid. There is gameplay here. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I love Journey. Um, it was, for me, it was the game of the year last year. Okay. Because it did something, I believe I even said as much on an episode. It, it did something so. Yeah, like we did episodes different. last year. <laughs> it was a episode last year. Yeah. I think I mentioned it. Um, but I, I loved Journey so much because it, it was that sense of another player being there but it was entirely serendipitous it had multiplayer yeah. that you couldn't in any way control you know you weren't joining servers you weren't playing with your friends and you you never knew once once they got out of sight um the other player if they went out of sight for long enough was no longer in your game and you were lost to each other forever yeah so there's no he- there's no hud there's no navigation there's no that's right yeah markers and and this has led to some really interesting experiences in that game, uh, which would be an episode in and of itself. But yeah, absolutely beautiful game. Hmm. I might have to give it a go. You'll have yes, to get a PlayStation 3. Which I'll I maybe get when, when the PlayStation 4 comes out, just to play these sort of blurring the lines, art and story games, like Jack, Quantic Dream stuff. Yeah? I, I have Journey. You can play over here. Oh, cool. I, I will run around shouting, butter, butter, <laughs> Just like that time I played Metal Gear Solid 4. <laughs> They're very similar games. James, <laughs> will James, be when I play it. James just pointing at me and shaking the head, like, nope, nope, nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I have it on uh, my PS3, so the more than welcome to run here and go. Oh, I've got an idea. If you've got it on your PS3, I played it. And I've got it on mine. Let's play together. Oh, yay! Yay! Yeah, yeah, let's play. Except that we can't. Oh. Because that's the point of Journey. You can't force who you're going to play with at any point. Oh, yeah. In in my one my first playthrough, I, I didn't realize that I'd switched other players. But by the time I uh, went into credits roll at the end, I played with four people. <laughs> my first time I played it, and I think this might be why it was so memorable, I played with one person all the way through. Oh, you managed to get the one guy all the way through. Very near the beginning to very near the end. But there was this one moment you know when you're underground in the ruins and there's the the sort of flying snake thing for the first time. Oh, yeah. Time. You got to get through it without being seen. Yeah. And we sort of split up and we went different ways. And I saw him get attacked and sort of picked up and tossed around and thrown across the level. And we should explain for people who don't know, in Journey, um, your only two actions you can make are to jump or to sing. And if you sing, if you tap the button, you just make a little note. And if you hold it down, you make a loud chord. But that's it. That's the only way you have of communicating to the other person. And it's not even a proper jump. It's kind of like uh, you can jump and depending on how long your scarf is, you You kind of sort of fly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I saw him get picked up by this sort of metal stone snake and savaged and thrown across this cavern that we were in. Wow. And it goes away, the monster, and I sort of sneak out from my hiding place and just sing, sing, chord, chord, chord. And I'm like, are you there? Are you there? And just from the distance, just at the edge of vision in this cavern, there was this, and this little note went up. 
And I sort of ran over. I was like, you're okay. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a weirdly, genuinely emotional moment. Uh, And that's why I love Journey. That moment really drove home to me what this game was. And after that, we stuck really closely together. We were not going to let ourselves be separated again. (laughs) And yeah, we made it all the way through to the end where, you know, one of the, the very end, you sort of start moving very, very quickly. Um, I don't want to give away too much, but everything's a lot brighter. A lot. Um, it, it is a journey, and you are nearing your destination. Oh, the climb, the getting into the mountains and it's snowy, and you just get the way your characters get so bogged down, and bogged down, and slow, and you're like, you fucking died. Yeah, you must have died, frozen left on that mountain, and then then you get to the bit where you get to all that weight get, is lifted. And you get into the heat, and you you defrost, and get higher and higher in the mountain it's just like wow this game's just beautiful and we sort of raced off and it was very quickly apparent that we were moving so quickly one of us would get ahead of the other but because we'd gone through the whole thing together we would always stop and wait for the other to catch up and then shoot off again wow because we'd started we'd gone through this together we were going to finish it together god damn it Aww. Such a good game. I can't recommend it enough. I'll have to yeah. give it a go because it totally sounds like my kind of thing. Like, and like I said, it's, it's not a long game. No. Yeah. 20, 30 minutes at most. We've largely just covered it apart from the fact that there are occasional puzzle solving and there are some sort of cutscenes that whilst they color the experience and sort of make it richer, they don't actually explain anything. No, there is no dialogue. You know, there's no, there's no text. There's, it's all done essentially in a silent game, apart from this one note of song. Yeah, so it's it's a fascinating experience. Talking talking about games that are an experience, which we will do soon. Oh yeah, Ooh, yeah. But unless anyone else has any fancy wish list games that they want to add on before we finish, I think we might be coming to a close. Super um, Waiter Simulator. Thank you for that one. I. I, I can let you play that game. If you, feel, <laughs> if you feel like working for free, I totally have that power now. <laughs> Not that much of a simulator. Waiters do get paid. Yeah. Um, um, I can give you this fake currency that I have. Ah, Jack, be like a real waiter, work for tips. Mike, be like a lot of assholes in restaurants, don't tip him. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. Yeah, we can, we can work something out. Alright, I got a mute wish listing. Oh! Okay. Uh, Ava game where you play using a steel battalion star controller. Yes. <laughs> yes. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but the Ava controls never seem steel battalion complicated to me. No. It, it, because it was all, you know, uh, mind linked and so on. Or, you know, Gundams or something of that style. Well, oh, Ava on the Oculus Rift. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh. See, you, I, I actually saw the see what the Ava sees. You see the inside of the Ava cockpit. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not. Uh, yeah. Don't really want to use the Oculus Rift. Not after everyone got pink eye. But what? Apparently, um, was it a PAX or was it? Oh, uh, right. At an event, was it? Yeah. Like literally, everybody who used the Oculus Rift just got pink eye because somebody used it who was infectious. Yeah. So just use your own Oculus Rift. Yeah. Actually, oh, oh, you guys know what a, a huge fan I am of um, space dog fighting games. Yeah. There is one for the Oculus Rift. 
Yeah. It's made by the devs of Eve. It's set in the Eve universe. Uh, it's called Eve Valkyrie. Oh, I've heard about that one. That yeah. one's a third piece. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. I, yeah, it no, looks I totally so want to play my that. kind of game. And it is, it's exactly what I was saying with the Avers. You look around with the Oculus Rift. You don't move the ship. You see mm. the inside of the cockpit. Yeah. So it, it works so well in that sense that you, your body isn't moving because you're strapped into a pilot seat. Yeah. But you have that complete sense of immersion. I, I almost pr- just bought an Oculus Rift after seeing the gameplay demo. So if you could combine the Oculus Rift with the, um, Stub Italian controller, then we're golden. We're sold. Done. Yeah. See, I'm, give me all of the games. I'm really not that sold on the Oculus Rift yet from what I've seen, but I look at it and go, holy shit, this is, this is an amazing sort of, not even first step, because obviously there have been similar things, but if this really, really properly takes off, this is an amazing sign of things to come. Mm-hmm. I am really looking forward to the next couple of years for gaming. I, I, I'm still firmly in the, I need a physical input. Like if you, if I, if there was a way I could have that flight simulator game with the Oculus Rift providing the vision and the Steel Battalion controller providing the physical input for my hands, I can just pretend I'm in a ship. Yeah, I mean, I'm, the Oculus Rift so, isn't an input device. You yeah, it's, still it's, need it's a joystick. Screen. It's a screen. Yeah. So you would have a physical input. That's the point. Yeah. I think what but sold decent... the Oculus Rift for me was John Carmack joining their board. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> there's a man who knows 3D gaming and. VR has always had problems with lag, latency, tracking, and these are all issues that Carmack, as a 3D maths genius, is very familiar with. So if he looks at the Oculus Rift and goes, yep, they're on the right track, they can crack it, I'm Sweet. like, ooh, uh, I shall pay attention. Doesn't the Oculus Rift also have like that thing where you can load up any uh, video files you have on your um, computer and then watch it as though you were in a cinema? Yes, it even has programs where it has a sort of 3D model of a cinema screen. Yeah. So you're looking around and you can see the seats in front of you and the curtains on either side of the video. Yeah. Which is oh, okay. cool, but will work better when the Oculus Rift itself is higher res. Because yes, at the moment, that's, that's my great bit at the moment. Like I said, it is a great first step for the company, yep. but at the moment it kind of looks a bit lo-fi. Well, it's a 1080p screen, Yeah. but that's split between each eye, so you get half of a 1080p screen per eye. Ah. Okay. I wouldn't mind giving a go of playing something like Minecraft, the Oculus Rift, and like the, um, the treadmill and some sort of, you know, glove interface. Total immersion Minecraft. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be interesting. But yeah. Hmm. So yes. Um, have we an idea what we're going to do next episode? No. Oh, what should we do next episode? I don't know. Oh. Um, I know what we won't do. What will we not do? The path. Yeah, the path's going to be our uh, 100th episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, seven yeah. years time then. <laughs> Fuck yeah, you, buddy. We're going through that vein, are we? Yeah, why not? Simon had this at 50, I'll have mine at 50 times 2. So you might want to go for 75th, there's a realistic chance we'll get there. Hey. Fine. <laughs> 75. Or 100, depending on how well we're going. Well, let me just double check whether I'll be there for next week's episode. Jack may not be. Jack may not be. Yeah, I might not be, because I may be chained to a lamppost, apparently. But considering your stag do is on the Saturday, that's... Ah, oh, Jenna is being pessimistic. I have and, I, and I have to, and I have to, you know, run a hen party on, on the Saturday. So, yeah. 
In With an indeterminate number of people. I may be there for a period of time. Okay, then. All right, then. Go me. Good. Do you want to do an episode? Uh, episodes. Uh, as in, Mike, do you want to do an episode? <laughs> Does Mike want to host an episode? Oh, you, 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 you want me to decide that now? Yeah, I want you to... I want as you a sort to of Mike-led it. episode. Yeah. Because we've had an Irish episode, we've had several Jack episodes, I did a leap. I, I did, did Total War already. Yeah, we have a Turtle War. I did Turtle War. You okay, did, listeners, like, clearly yeah. we need your help. We can't do this by ourselves. <laughs> Quick, we <laughs> cannot do this without you, let us know. No, I might be able to do, do this by myself, Mega but Man. not right now. Not at this moment. Mega Man, is, Mega Man, I'll need to have some time to prepare. Some I've just, I've just, oh, I have just completed Icewind Dale 2, so part of me kind of wants to see the old um, Black Isle inf- uh, Infinity Engine um, isometric roleplay games. As much as I like that idea, I would have to go and replay them all, and that would take a year. That would, that is true. Icewind Dale 2 did take a really long time to... to uh, get through. We could always do a um, Elder Scrolls Bethesda style follow-up episode. Tomb Raider has been suggested. Ooh, Tomb Have Raider. We, we haven't done a Tomb Raider episode. We've never done Tomb Raider. Never We've done Tomb never Raider. Done Tomb and Raider. it's very timely with the reboot having recently been done. Mm. XCOM, I've not played. We've had a discussion of Lego games. I think I've, I've probably been the one that's played the most of those. That is true, yeah. You are Mr. Lego. I've played the Lego Star Warses, and that's kind of it. Yeah. I've they, even... in, they in themselves are a difficult set of games to play. I think if we had to do a Dark Souls episode, I think we'd all end up just shooting our televisions. That's Considering that I've, I've played Demon Souls for almost an hour. Oh, wait, am I thinking of Demon Souls? The same. What's, it's wait, the, what's the super Dark, du- Dark, Dark Souls was the sequel. What's the super duper difficult one? Both of those. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> uh... I will be able to attend for approximately an hour and 15 minutes of our podcast next week. Ooh. How precise. Shall we say then, Tomb Raider? I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. Franchise? Yeah. Franchise. Yeah. Yeah, franchise. So. Cause I, I, I haven't played anything since, I think, I think I played about 10 minutes of Angel of Darkness. I just was... want to check my facts before I make such a bold statement. But we haven't done a Tomb Raider episode, have we? Oh, no, we've not done an episode. No, I'm okay. just looking at the franchise. Are you trying to say it's like anniversary or something like that? No, I want to say I think I've played them all. Oh. I have. I know I haven't. Including the Nokia Tomb Raider. Do you know what? Yes. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I did complete it, but yes, I have played the, um, oh, what were they called? The Nokia gaming phones. The Engage. Yeah, the, I have played the Engage version. Why? Damn because it. I knew someone with an Engage, and it was like one of one of the only decent games on there. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> but looking at this, uh, I think I have. I think I've played them all. All right, Tomb Raider. All right. Yeah. There we go. Okie dokie. Well, another one. We, we have done a we have done a GTA episode. We oh. we haven't done Metroid or Metroidvania. Well, Metroidvania, I would, again, that would be me. Oh, yeah. Research for that. Cause both Final, of those Final Fantasy could be an interesting episode, Simon. Yeah, it would be short. If we do the franchise, it would yeah. be me, Jack, and Mike. I suppose I could just get on with something whilst you talk. Yeah, and, ch- and ch- <laughs> show me, kind of like when I was explaining yeah. Metal Gear. Mm, true, true. That could work. So, yeah, we could do a Final Fantasy I, episode at some point. I still need to upload those pictures. 
Yeah, you do. Oh, I could put them oh, on the Tumblr. The Metal Gear yeah. pictures. Yeah. I could just put the, I could just put them up on the Tumblr. Okay, everyone, go to the Wadden Stage on Tumblr to look at hilarious photos of my face. Um, you don't have. Uh, you'll have to email them to me, won't you? Or when I get back, you could just lend me your laptop for five minutes. Or you could email them to me. That's <laughs> that's way more effort than I'm willing to put in right now. Okay, but you're not coming anywhere near my laptop. Oh, Jack. I want all your porn, though. No, no, you don't. No one, no one is is prepared for that amount of pain. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm making a note. Checking it twice? Yep. Tomb Raider is a thing Tomb that's Ra- happening. Yep. Final Fantasy franchise is a thing that's happening. God damn. Metroidvania? Uh-huh. Metroidvania. Uh, are we doing Metroidvania? Or are we... I-, I think we should. Okay. I've played a Metroid game. When are we going to do uh, Survival Horror Halloween? Yes. Halloween? Yep. Halloween. Halloween. SimCity? They might get an honorable mention. Kingdom Hearts may get another one mentioned. Um, I've only played one SimCity game. No. I've not played any SimCities. I think I've played them all. <laughs> but you got you did, you did talk about them in the Maxis episode, though, didn't you? Yeah. Yes. So, so, so yeah, we've got, we've got a couple of episodes to get us going, basically. Yes, indeed. And next week, <laughs> it shall be Ladies' Night. Well, Lara's Night. Yeah. It shall be us guys talking about it. Oh, oh, Mutant Wishlist! Oh, South China Sea's pirating simulator. And we're out. <laughs> I thought for a minute you were going to say Weather Girl Simulator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, basically, it would be just like SingStar, except there's only one song, and it's very... <laughs> <laughs> we could call it SingStar Jack Edition. Uh, yeah. That's actually now very easy to do on the PlayStation 3, because SingStar itself is free. As meaning men. No, 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 Jack, Jack, you're missing, you're missing the trick here. Combining SingStar with the Oculus Rift. There you go. That's what uh, you want. Yeah, and yeah. like, surrounded by well, it reading then. That's the thing we're doing. Yes, yeah. Yeah, tune in next week for, um... The Raiding of Tombs. Pixelated boobs and the Swan Dives of Death. And some reminiscence about ridiculous 90s LucasAid adverts. Oh, God. I completely forgot about those. Thanks for that. <laughs> and listening to Mike leave the show very, very quickly before the end. Ah, oh. oh, I remember when I was putting YouTube videos up with every episode. It's going to have to be the LucasAid ad. Yep. You haven't yeah. done that in a while. I haven't done that in a while. It's because I'm really lazy. And the new format for the website as well. Yeah, that too. Anyway. Yes. Thank you for joining us for uh, the, another long episode. When no one fell asleep. I'm awake. <laughs> and but I'm a little so. drunk. That or you've been snoring really weirdly convenient for the entire episode. Where am I? I choose to believe that. (laughs) (laughs) So until next time, I have been Simon. I have been Jack, and I'm going to go have some toast. I have been awake. I've been Irish. And I've been here. It's so strange. (laughs) (laughs) And I was Mike. You were. Goodbye. Good night. Bye. Bye. Good night.